0: hey everybody welcome to the podcast happy new year and i really hope the first week of 2021 has been smooth and trouble-free for all of you this year mine has been fairly smooth so far except for you know putting stuff like this thing together but for the most part it was a nice quiet new year's and uh, we're off and running for 2021 with high hopes like everybody is hey this week we take a peek into horticultural pruning Um, the art behind it the purpose behind it and the tools needed to do it right on a residential homeowner scale many times i see on reddit and facebook groups and other places questions on how to approach this skill set for folks who own their own landscapes i will admit it is just that a skill and in some cases an art form that comes about with a little training a whole lot of practice and in this day and age you know not much more than a quick search on youtube or google. for us regular folk with regular tools i always suggest keeping hedges and plants basically in general in an easy to maintain height and width allowing really tall hedges and screens can cause maintenance problems and overall safety concerns too when you're starting to do you know 12 and 14 foot ladder climbs especially when we attempt this stuff on our own but coach aren't you always professing self-reliance on your channels? well yeah i am but not self-reliance coupled with stupidity to the factor of 10x. Uh, i don't want anybody, anybody getting hurt or injured doing this kind of stuff even though it's kind of a task that we do have to do you know on a semi-regular basis or an annual basis depending on what we're addressing. i'm not going to give you a back in my day speech i just learned from others who knew how to prune properly Uh, and a lot of it i got uh, kind of more on a face-to-face on-the-job training scenario rather than listening to me or watching a video in this day and age. you really have to actually get out there with a, a hand pruner or a lopping shear and have someone actually show you this stuff and then once you do it once you have that visual and auditory and tactile learning all coupled together it'll stick with you it it will it'll stick with you for life well once again i am so glad you decided to spend a few minutes with me here today i hope you get some good info from this this is not a one-week immersion course into pruning like i had to go through but rather a simple overview and reasoning behind it so maestro get on it please hey i'm matt and you can call me coach every week i bring to you landscape tips and tricks design concepts in i hope an easy to understand format so you can tackle projects yourself get the results you want be a heck of a lot more self-reliant and save a boatload of money in the process you know after 20 plus year career as a successful self-employed landscape designer contractor educated in ornamental horticulture and retail nursery management i bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that i want to share and impart with you the modern educated self-reliant homeowner of today okay everybody hey pruning as i found a formal definition of it, pruning is defined as a horticultural practice involving the selective removal of certain parts of a plant such as branches buds and roots. the practice entails targeted removal of diseased, damaged, dead, non-productive, structurally unsound or otherwise unwanted tissue from a crop or landscape plant. how's that for a definition? so what are some of the different kinds of pruning we'll start off here today by talking about shearing this is the most common form yet least associated part of pruning most all of us at one point or another have used or watched manual or gas-powered head shears used to attack and butcher natural growing plants and creating a yard full of green meatballs or green amazon drop-off container looking shrubs To me i only have one thing to say about that ick i say this in jest but truly this is also defined as the lazy man's way of taking a naturally growing plant and quickly containing it and then moving on because they have something better to do like other people's yards and other people's boxes and balls that they need to create some folks really like the boxes and balls looks if it is in the form of an overall formal landscape theme then it makes a little more sense but honestly honestly between you and me i am not a huge fan of formally sculpted gardens in my humble opinion one technique i learned long ago was that if you were t- uh, taking on a hedge row or maybe it's privet or boxwood or viburnum or w- whatever pick your plant is to prune or shear so that the end result is in a wide base and a narrower top not like a teepee but just a narrower top with either a rounded top or something of a square top but it's always narrower at top and wider on the bottom. this will always allow sunlight to reach the entire plant rather than the opposite where you have an inverted triangle and you have a wide top and a very narrow base and the sun does not penetrate down there nearly as well. for us regular folks with regular tools i always suggest keeping hedges and plants in general and easy to maintain height like i mentioned earlier but when it comes to hedging and shearing we all don't have extra hands all the time or machines that allow us to complete the task really really quick the longer we let some plants go the quicker they revert to their natural growth habits it's just it's just in their dna Uh, you cannot keep a boxwood 100% sheared all the time. it's going to start doing what a boxwood wants to do. kind of like mowing a lawn only in a shrubbery vertical manner so to speak. so what about another style of pruning? well let's take a look at selective pruning. this term often applies to pruning for shape or production and certainly for plant health for instance in tree pruning you can institute uh, pruning processes in the trees first few years to accomplish things like uh, uh, crown thinning or crown reduction or even crown raising if you have a low branched type of uh, uh, tree and you need to raise it up a little bit so some sun gets underneath and maybe supports uh, understory uh, growth or grass open centers and strong lateral branches that will support fruit crop better is also very important this allows for a sturdier scaffolding and spacing of branches to ensure tree safety, house safety, people safety and when it's loaded down with those yummy summer fruits, fruit safety and you don't end up with huge broken branches. in fruit tree pruning we initially prune for shape then expand on increasing fruiting wood and fruiting spurs and then down the road a few years when you have old or non-productive wood anymore you see a lot of this in berry pruning, blueberries, older apple trees and plum trees but uh, we're talking several years down the road before you start removing deadwood unless there's a problem. i remember uh, as a young lad in the retail nursery business and during bare root fruit season for customers when they went out to the bins and they pulled up their uh, nectarine tree and a cherry tree and an apple tree and a few other things and they came up to the registers and i always used to ask them would you like me to prune them before you, you take them home with you and they'd say oh that would be very nice i had always had this little disclaimer what i'm about to do is going to shock you a little bit but it's to ensure the the proper takeoff for your bare root tree in a, in a month or so and then and then (laughs) i would take that tree and reduce it by at least 50 percent then i would take a look at the root zone since it's bare root and i would look at and see if there's any broken or damaged major roots and give them a quick sharp pruning and then i would hand it back to them and just watch their mouth stand there agape. it was uh quite a learning experience for them but they understood it they just kind of you know how they're so proud they got the best one in the bin and then all of a sudden they're walking up to the register and i take it and i go i <laughs> like edward scissorhands and <laughs> hand it back to them and they go i just paid 14 dollars for what anyway i think you get the i think you get the, the scope of what i'm trying to say you know, when I, when I was at Weed Patch Ranch, I had to tackle ninety frantoyo olive trees every year or every other year, mostly for shape, but in many cases, like increased production, uh, base cleaning, because it always wanted to kind of revert to a bush, and some fresh wood production year after year after year. I'll tell you what, guys, I'll share with you. I used to love, love how that orchard looked after I got done pruning it. And then all the green spring growth and everything was all cleaned up and i'd get out there with the ride-on mower and and mow up and down the aisles and then i'd stand back and just go whoa You know here's a couple of shots i know you can't see it on the podcast but if you check it out on the channel over on youtube you will see it now when addressing pruning of fruit trees most think of dormant pruning and spraying tasks you know dormant spray tasks but i have very successfully pruned peach and nectarine trees when they got just too bushy right in the middle of growing season or fruit production the developing fruits saw very little sunlight and it delayed ripening so i would selectively get out there and thin out the centers and reduce the crown you know the the overall green on top and really open it up a little bit and it really worked well now these ultra these were ultra dwarf trees and they basically maxed out at about eight feet and i kept them right about the six to seven foot level right right before i sold the ranch you know that increased airflow and new sunlight really helped the size and quality of the fruit a few weeks later it really really did for ornamental pruning like roses perennials and the like we prune again for shape but we also prune for flower productivity roses for instance do get their collective haircuts in the winter like we probably all know about a little bit but selective pruning throughout the growing season really helps extend flower production it reduces seed head production and it keeps the plant in a grow and bloom mode rather than a seed production mode where it really slows down and almost goes semi-dormant by the middle of the summer prune those plants back to and we're talking about roses now prune those things back to that five leaflet branchlets to encourage new blooming side shoots that'll just keep the plant going for the remainder of the year now perennials they respond wonderfully to deadhead pruning or a total plant reduction and then a reflushing out if you will after each bloom cycle one plant in particular comes to mind and that was the various kinds of tick seed or coreopsis man i had a lot of those and they love throwing a big bloom in the spring then dad would come in haircut them back and they would keep on keeping on for months and i do mean six to seven months and i would feed them once a month and they would just perform man they were i love those plants then in winter they would basically die back to the ground and i would clean up the dead plant matter in february before new growth would show but only if no frost was predicted which is rarely ever after january so let's take a look at our last type of pruning today this is the decorative pruning genre this involves uh if if you would uh, the artistic side Uh, we talked about the shearing boxes and balls and in its truest form yes it is decorative i guess but here i speak more to the sculpting and the artistic side of the pruning world taking plants that normally are bushes and carefully nipping and tucking and exposing the the scaffolding or the skeleton of the plant so as to be more decorative and ornate if you would Uh, for instance we always think about bonsai as the ultimate form of decorative pruning and it really is you know taking a bunch of japanese maples as seedlings and putting them in a very shallow narrow tray and allowing them to grow up and create a miniature forest it boggles my mind it actually does and i've seen hundreds and hundreds of these and oh my gosh the the patience that is needed using conifers to make these works of art are an age-old hobby that are not just for the small miniaturized sculptures but truly also landscape sized specimens pruned in bonsai theory that look windswept or layered and topiaryed in some cases quite stunning the patience that goes into it is amazing. one thing you can really do for yourself is take a take a pruning class that is sponsored periodically by your local county's cooperative extension and their master gardener program. a couple three weekends maybe, maybe four hours or two hours on a Saturday it can really bolster your confidence and allow you to go back and tackle your landscape with pruning shears or whatever to a real productive end. you know what i'm saying? not to mention if you go onto youtube and you just type in proper way to prune an apple tree, proper way to prune a grapefruit tree or whatever you might want, guaranteed, guaranteed you will find all that you want to know and then some. then go out there and address it. now when addressing the tools, the tools for properly tacking these tasks, the list is really rather short depending on what you have inherited in your landscape plant-wise through purchases that you've made or have chosen to plant yourself. if you plan right in the beginning, it will really minimize the most chores later as the landscape matures. Remember, uh, remember a video over on the youtube channel where i talked about right plant right place right reason that paragraph that i just gave you is exactly the purpose behind it to reduce a lot of the maintenance that people have to expose themselves to all the time i think if you had four tools at your disposal you can do 90 percent of all residential landscape pruning tasks those tools are a good set of hand pruners beyond all else a good set of quality hand pruners. the other one is a good set of um, lopping shears. Uh, the shorter ones not necessarily the real long ones but just a a shorter one so that you're not going really high above your shoulders and and reaching stuff that you're probably not meant to be reaching anyway. and then there's the 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 head shears whether they're the the manual clip 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 style or the gas powered ones. and then a pole pruner Uh, if you have larger trees and stuff that need to be nipped and tucked. a pole pruner with a rope pulled blade or a small saw on it uh, either one and you know something that's about it anything more than that you should probably be considering bringing in a professional to do you know i always suggest maintaining those four items very well with a good sharpening uh, lubrication probably once a year and storage so they're not out in the weather those things are a one-time purchase they should last a lifetime i still have one of my original felco hand pruners that i got when i was 19 years old and it still works wonderfully today as it did back then outside of planting and watching a landscape grow i think and i truly believe this nipping and tucking pruning and deadheading and the weekly and monthly maintenances in a landscape has got to be outside of planting and watching it grow one of the most relaxing and therapeutic sides of gardening and landscaping carefully maintaining and fussing to me is half the fun you know would you agree with me if you're interested in this kind of stuff it should be an agreement but say for instance it's not and you turn this stuff over to a pro to come in and do it just be aware they're all on the clock when you're doing it you're not on the clock so they're going to do whatever it takes to get the job done as fast as possible and they're going to move on. at weed patch i was never outside in the landscape without a hand pruner and a scabbard hanging on my hip and i always found things that could use a little attention here and there. lastly i seriously want to address pruning safety. this is no joke this is no joke side of pruning especially if you enter the realm of gas or battery powered saws head shears and pole chain saws do not ever get cavalier and please know your equipment's limits and your personal limitations i drew the line at tree pruning and tree removal at a 20 foot height limit it saved me a lot on my business insurance and my liability insurance but also i felt safe too. but i have seen some folks, and maybe you have too, who grossly overestimate their abilities and end up in the hospital and in some cases even worse. i really emphasize tree pruning safety. trees are deceptively heavy and without the correct safety gear, a person and those below them can get really seriously hurt, not to mention property and vehicle damage. chainsaws, they are a very useful power tool and can greatly aid in speeding up heavy pruning chores but practice first and learn your machine thoroughly before jumping up in that tree and beginning to hack learn proper cut placement and break cuts that will allow that cut branch to be removed safely without further damage to the tree or to you. always wear gloves, long pants, heavy shoes and in some cases eye protection and helmet seriously i am not joking here it is one of the things i would never want to hear about anybody who listens or watches me that they go rushing out and get something they don't adhere to safety rules and they end up getting hurt so didn't mean to end that on a, a, a bummer side but seriously i don't want anybody getting hurt out there so bam there you go a small peek into why we prune when we prune and the tools that help us accomplish the task. an in-depth look into pruning individual species, guys that is smattered all over youtube and for me to turn around and just repeat what a lot of well-educated folks have done uh, and have done a good job, I, you, you can find this out there. there you can learn um, berry pruning, fruit tree pruning, bonsai pruning, ornamental pruning of trees and shrubs perennials pruning dividing and the list goes on but part of my job here is to raise your level of awareness and then give you the resources to learn more and tackle it yourself within smart boundaries damn didn't that go fast to me it seemed like really fast but i am so giddy you stayed with me to the very end I hope to see you next week every friday for another informative episode here on the podcast and a great video over on the youtube channel the youtube channel will obviously have a few pics and photos that make may make you chuckle a little bit this week regarding pruning and safety concerns i am looking for your input now as far as any topic in the landscaping field you would like to see addressed a little bit more drop me a comment or you can privately email me and let me know i'm here to educate you guys so until next week everybody out there goodbye for now and let's get those hands dirty shall we you guys take care Thank you for listening to this episode of Yard Coach. Check out the original videos on YouTube at Yard Coach or email Matt at youryardcoach at gmail.com. And hey, did you get your free 15-step landscaping project checklist? Check out the podcast description below for the link to your free PDF as well as the YouTube channel for more great information for the DIYer in you. See you next week.